So I knew that I was going to cover it, and I knew I was going to sit there and watch the Stormy Daniels interview on 60 Minutes last night. And <laughs> it's a long way from John Locke. It's a long way from Aristotle. But this is where discourse is. This is where the culture is. And there is a lot to be learned from this interview. First of all, of course, I knew that Stormy Daniels had two vastly outsized, almost cartoonish aspects of her anatomy. On her person, I just didn't quite realize that they were going to be her pupils. My God, she looked like an anime character undergoing eye surgery. My Lord, those were some frisbees in her eyeballs, but um, the reasons for that are beyond my medical knowledge, but there are certainly some theories. So for those who don't know, uh, Stormy Daniels is a porn star, no matter whether they say she is a director of adult films, she sucks and Fs on camera for money, and uh, she is masturbatory material, I'm sure, to an entire generation. And that is where the left is going for their character assassinations now. So what happened was she was paid $130,000 by Trump's attorney, Cohen, in order to not talk about this alleged affair, which she had also denied in the past. And she took the money and was supposed to return all of the texts and messages and basically scrub everything clean of any contact she'd had with Trump. And she didn't uh, do that. Now she's out there uh, talking about it. And for every... So she signed a non-disclosure agreement, which says she wasn't allowed to talk about it, and she took the money. And... Now they're threatening her with, uh, the Trump's team is threatening her with $20 million because she has spoken repeatedly and every infraction of the non-disclosure agreement is a million dollars. So this is when Anderson Cooper starts talking with her. He says, for sitting here today, sorry, for sitting here talking to me today, you could be fined a million dollars. I mean, aren't you taking a big risk? I am. Anderson Cooper says, I guess I'm not 100% sure on why you are doing this. She says, because it was very important for me to be able to defend myself. Do you see? She's concerned about her. I'm sorry. Ah, see, the porn star who's had penises in just about every orifice except her ears, and I don't even know about that, is very concerned, you see, about her good name being besmirched. Because reputation is, is important these days. So she wants to set the record straight. And he says, why? And she says, because people are just saying whatever they wanted to say about me. I was perfectly fine saying nothing at all, but I'm not okay with being made out to be a liar. Or people thinking that I did this for money. And people are like, oh, you're an opportunist. You're taking advantage of this. Yes, I'm getting more job offers now. But tell me one person who would turn down a job offer making more than they've been making doing the same thing that they've always done. It's scattered thinking for sure. I mean, what would you, what would you expect, right? It's a fragmented personality, I would assume. And so she's, I guess, perfectly happy having sex on camera for 20 years, but, but don't you call her a liar. But of course, that, that she is a liar, because she said that she didn't have any affair with Donald Trump, and now she's saying that she is. So I think the liarship has kind of sailed on that. And so people say she's offended that she might be called an opportunist, but she's basically saying that she's going to make more money, I guess, stripping or doing more porn. I don't know what the market is for women in their late 30s for porn. 
But yeah, she's saying I'm making a lot more money by doing this. How dare people call me an opportunist? <laughs> I just, that's very strange. But it gets stranger. I'm going to just jump and stitch across some of this stuff. So she's sassy. And in something that actually sounds like a porn script, I suppose, he's, Donald, she says Donald Trump is showing her a picture of him on a magazine and she says somebody ought to spank you with that or you should be spanked with that, you know? Like the, you know, plumber coming to work on the pipes. Anyway, so Anderson Cooper says, you, you told Donald Trump to turn around and take off his pants. She said, yes. Anderson Cooper said, and did he? Stormy Daniels said, yes. So he turned around and pulled his pants down a little. You know, he had underwear on and stuff. And I just gave him a couple swats. This was done in a joking manner. Yes. It tells me, I guess, maybe it's the circles that Anderson Cooper moves in or... I guess, well, obviously Stormy Daniels. But sort of the... How do you break the ice when things are a little bit uncomfortable? Pull down your pants, I'm going to hit you on the ass with a magazine. Is that is that how you break the ice in some circles? I uh, <laughs> I feel like I've been a wallflower staying at home in the 19th century. That's wild. And so she says, yeah, it was joking. And from that moment on, he was a completely different person. He quit talking about himself. He asked me things. And I asked him things. And it just became like more appropriate. Appropriate. So you hit someone, they pull down their pants, you hit them with a magazine with his picture on it, on the butt, and that breaks the ice and things become more appropriate. Because, you know, you really, really want to go to porn stars for your definition of appropriate. And this is all to me. I mean, I, I don't particularly believe any of it, but... So anyway, so then the big dangle is that he was going to try and get her to be a contestant on The Apprentice. And she says, uh, she laughed and said, NBC's never going to let, you know, an adult film star be on. And uh, it's, you know, he goes, no, no. He goes, that's why I want you. You're going to shock a lot of people. You're smart and they won't know what to expect. See, she's saying NBC would never let a porn star on The Apprentice because, you see, they have standards. 60 Minutes, though, views her as a credible source. And they do this little thing. When you see this, you know, be alert to the manipulations. You'll see this all over the place when you see this. So, in order to pretend to be a tough reporter, what reporters do, if they like you and they want to promote your story, is they say, some people would say criticism, and then they let you respond to that, and then they just move on. And then they can say, well, I asked you the tough questions. Some people say means enemies of yours would say, so you're framing it immediately, you give a, a, a question that is kind of a softball question in the third person, so it's not the reporter who's asking. You know, I'm asking on behalf of a friend. And then you let the person answer, and then you move on. And then you say, hey, man, I asked her the tough questions. So then things get stranger. Stormy Daniel says, I asked him if I could use his restroom. And he said, yes, you know, it's through there, through the bedroom. You'll see it. So I excused myself, and I went to the restroom. You know, I was in there for a little bit and came out. And he was sitting, you know, on the edge of the bed when I walked out, perched. Anderson Cooper, and when you saw that, what went through your mind? Not, is it true? Is there any objective verification of one single thing that Stormy Daniels says? No. What went through your mind? And that's inviting you into the eyes of the person who may not be telling the truth in order to disarm you from being skeptical. Stormy Daniels says, I realized exactly what I'd gotten myself into. 
And I was like, ugh, here we go. That's where female sexuality is these days. A man sits on the edge of the bed and I guess like a urinal, you're like, ugh, here we go. Laugh. And I just felt like maybe laugh. It was sort of, I had it coming for making a bad decision for going to someone's room alone and I just heard the voice in my head. Well, you put yourself in a bad situation and bad things happen, so you deserve this. That is, I mean, I don't even know what to say. I mean, how, how could you possibly figure that out in any rational context or standard? You put yourself in a bad situation and bad things happen, so you deserve this. So that indicates, of course, that she doesn't want to have sex. But then she says it was consensual. So she says, basically, I'm cornered. I have to do this because I went to his room. It's a bad situation. Bad things happen. I wasn't attracted to him because she was 29, I think, and he was 60. But bad things happen. I deserve this. I made a terrible mistake. Terrible things are going to happen. But it was totally consensual. And Anderson Cooper, of course, he of the infamous eye roll, says nothing. So, you know, what I was kind of looking for, perhaps uh, like water in the desert or my barber for my mohawk, I was looking for the 60 Minutes team to have done any kind of corroboration of any part of her story. Was she in the right place? Does she have any text messages? Does she have any phone records? Does, you know, can you at least validate the travel? situation. Can you call up the execs at NBC and ask if they ever considered Stormy Daniels for The Apprentice? Can, like, is there anything that you can do to verify one thing that this woman is saying, even just in terms of the circumstantial stuff? You know, she says, oh, well, like they had, she says they had sex once, never had it again. And um, I mean, just little things. She says she went over to his place and he was watching a Shark Week special and made made her, you see, made her watch a documentary on shark attacks. And, um, okay, well, was that documentary playing at that time? Can you, I mean, anything, anything to corroborate, but there's absolutely nothing that is done by the 60 Minutes team that I've seen where they corroborate any of her story with anything that she claims. And that just, I mean, tells you that there's an agenda. It tells you that the purpose is, now that the Russia collusion investigation is collapsing, and, I mean, Trump is expelling diplomats now and uh, from Russia. So they need something new. So they don't try and verify anything that I can see. I certainly haven't reported on it that I've seen. So you understand, this is just the next thing. So then there's this $130,000. And so Trump's attorney, Michael Cohen had her sign this non-disclosure agreement, paid her $130,000 through a limited liability corporation. And she says, okay, that's appealing. She would receive some money. But also, she said she would not have to worry about the effect the revelation of the affair would have on her child, who was now old enough to watch the news. And she signed the agreement 11 days before the election. Again, this is a woman who's been on camera having sex for decades. But she's worried that her children might have any kind of negative effect 
from finding out that she had consensual sex with the future president of the United States. Any reporter would, of course, with assault, would have asked her about this incredible contribution, uh, contradiction, but of course, none of that is, uh, is going on. Now, what's fascinating to me as well is seeing the mainstream media really, really suddenly concerned, you see, because there's a problem with this contribution, 130K, which is, was it a political contribution? And they go into, you know, it's worse if Trump didn't pay him back and so on, because he's only allowed to do a certain amount, small amount of money, a couple of grand, and he did 130,000. If that's a political contribution, then there's a challenge. So you see now, it's absolutely fascinating for me to see the mainstream media very concerned about contributions in kind that affect political outcomes. The fact that the mainstream media can say this with a straight face without looking in the mirror and seeing the ridiculously negative coverage that they provide for Republican candidates with the glowing cover-up coverage that they provide for the Democrat candidates. We're talking about the mainstream media, uh, academia, Hollywood, television, you name it. The idea that 130K is some horrible, in-kind contribution to affect a political, political outcome, while the ridiculously negative coverage of Trump and the hagiographic positive coverage coverage of Mrs. Clinton, well, now you see they're very, very concerned about in-kind contributions. Now, of course, nobody knows if this is true or not. There are no witnesses. There's no corroborating evidence that could probably be gleaned. Uh, there's no blue dress a la Bill Clinton and um, no witnesses, Clinton, and no credible accusations of rape against right? Like there was with Bill Clinton from Juanita Broderick. And um, so there's, I mean, the, the law can't handle this. The law can't deal with this because there's no way to establish objective evidence. As he said, she said, innocent until proven guilty. The words cancel each other out and everybody has to move on and say, well, the whole point of this kind of stuff is we used to have sexual ethics that would prevent this kind of stuff. We've given up on all of that to give uh, endless whole access to the R selected rabbits in society. And so we've given up on prevention, and we have no cure other than believing all women and creating a witch hunt, lowering the birth rates, destroying marriage, and thus Western civilization, which seems, you know, like somewhat of a high price to pay. And so we have no sexual morality anymore. There's no way to prevent these kinds of things with sensible behavior ahead of time. No capacity to ostracize, no chaperones, no sexual instruction from the elders, because the elders themselves have pursued this kind of nonsense. And so we have all of this ridiculous weaponization of female accusations that is going to end in, well, very badly overall. And it's also fascinating for me to see the left as a whole. I mean, the left as a whole, which promotes teaching anal sex to children and talking about uh, homosexuality versus heterosexuality to little kids. Now, suddenly, you see, they're very, very concerned about sexual morality and concerned that the president might have had a consensual affair over 10 years ago. And they're now taking the word of, I guess, disgraced former FBI agents like McCabe. They're taking the word of porn stars. I mean, this is who they have to elevate to try and take down Trump. I mean, it's, uh, it's crazy. And watching them put on this weird Victorian corset of sexual morality, it's just bizarre. It's, just, it's like those weirdos who dress up their cats in 
three musketeers outfits and you know it gets just it just looks weird it's like it's well it's inappropriate because the left has endless pages of sexual deviancy in their bible and so the idea that and of course presidents have been doing this forever i mean the left loves john f kennedy well as reported in 2010, I'll put the links to this below, the FBI was tipped off, tipped off that the three Kennedy brothers, Marilyn Monroe and members of Frank Sinatra's Rat Pack, held sex parties, orgies, in John F. Kennedy's suite at the Carlisle Hotel. Uh, he was a catastrophic, relentless, obsessive sex addict and a drug addict uh, for various health ailments. But he is to be praised and lionized. Eisenhower, one of the great warriors of the Second World War, he had uh, an affair with Kay Summersby, his secretary and driver. And, you know, these are the details that are there, that uh, they finally tried to consummate their affair in the spring of 1944, but Eisenhower was impotent, confessing that marriage had, quote, killed something, end quote, in him, so she had to take the lead and teach him about sex during their affair. Woodrow Wilson had affairs. James Garfield, when he was in school, obsessed with sex and masturbation, homosexuality, and he frequently took cold showers to ward off temptation. Garfield was an unbelievable womanizer. Uh, the 1880 election was rocked by the allegations that he had visited a New Orleans prostitute. Uh, LBJ. LBJ. Lyndon's Bain Johnson. Uh, he had a wife, Lady Bird Johnson. She said, my husband loved people. He loved all people. Now half the people in the world are women. You don't think I could have kept my husband away from half the people in the world, do you? LBJ didn't just have one affair. He bragged once that he'd, quote, had more women by accident than Kennedy ever had on purpose. And um, after his wife walked on in on her husband having sex with one of his secretaries in the Oval Office, the Secret Service installed a push-button buzzer system to alert the president whenever his wife was near by. Grover, sorry, Cleveland. Cleveland was, this is 1873, Cleveland was 37 years old. He was trying to bet a sales clerk named Maria Halpin. And she was, uh, um, had a good reputation, a church-going lady and so on. He took her out for dinner and then assisted on accompanying her home, December 15th, 1873. Now, according to Maria Halpin, he then raped her, quote, by use of force and violence and without my consent. She also claimed that he threatened to ruin her if she told anyone what had happened. Six weeks later, she discovered that she was pregnant, the victim of this accused rape. And when the child was born, Cleveland had Maria arrested and thrown into an insane asylum and put her, his newborn son into an orphanage. <sighs> that's cold, man. I mean, that's like Karl Marx level of banging your maid, throwing her out on the street when she gets pregnant cold. Now, the asylum director said, this is a terrible abuse of power, and released the woman. She had been, he said she had been committed, quote, without warrant or form of law, but she did not get her son back. Now, when the scandal became public, Cleveland spread a rumor that she was a drunk, engaged in affairs with at least three married men, and so on. But she was a church-going widow, two young kids, and a pretty good reputation. So, yeah, accused of rape, tried to get the woman thrown into an asylum. She was released only on the kindness of the asylum director, and separated from her son. FDR, the New Deal guy, big hero of the left. 
well, a lot of infidelity. Okay, he had polio, but that didn't seem to interfere with his desires. And it's a pretty complicated marriage he had with Eleanor. At one point, both FDR and his wife may both have had mistresses living in the White House. And just to touch back on Kennedy, I mean, he was possessed by penis. Talk about, talk about being dicknapped for the entire length of his presidency. I mean, you can't even list them all. He had affairs with White House workers, gangsters, girlfriends, reporters, movie stars, staff members, a swarm of girls sometimes delivered to him by Sinatra. He used the Secret Service to cover his tracks and make sure there was no evidence of any affairs left for his wife. To find, he often participated reportedly in threesomes, two women at the same time, and uh, that, of course, uh, he's a hero. There's no problem with that at all. Bill Clinton. Uh, well, of course. Uh, this um, was pretty wild and pretty clear. In 1994, two Arkansas state troopers who assisted in Clinton's extramarital affairs of the then Governor Clinton say that they saw him in a delicate positions with dozens of different women. One trooper said for seven years prior there were many long-term hookups with women. And of course, one of these was Jennifer Flowers. Uh, another was a staff member in Clinton's office. Another was a lawyer who was a Clinton appointee to a judgeship, a prominent judge's wife, a reporter, an employee at an Arkansas power company, and a sales clerk at a Little Rock department store. And there was uh, Sally Perdue came forward saying she had an affair with Clinton in 1983 when he was governor. And right after her story appeared in the press, she says a man claiming to represent the local Democratic Party offered her a lifetime federal job if she would be silent and threatened her with physical harm if she refused to cooperate. The sexual harassment case with Paula Jones, a state employee, he ended up paying over $800,000 for that. And of course, Juanita Broderick, who she claims that he raped her and um, then that she was, uh, her children's lives were threatened uh, if she ever spoke, if she chose to talk. Monica Lewinsky, of course, young, good-looking 21-year-old intern who performed oral sex on Clinton in the Oval Office. She ended up having a dress with Clinton's sperm stains on it. And Clinton reportedly took a cigar tube and inserted it into, well, sorry. So, I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg. There is, of course, a lot of this kind of stuff going on. And this is not to justify any of it. It's simply to point out the double standard. It's simply to point out that the left does not care about things like infidelity, if this even occurred. They don't care. They care about it. They'll weaponize infidelity if you are a Republican who might actually get something done. And maybe that's why the 130K was paid to Stormy Daniels. Not because, the, not because Cohen thought that there was actually an affair, but he knew that if she came out with it, well, anyway, you know what the media would have done with it. Just ask Roy Moore, right? So then she says that uh, Stormy Daniels said that a guy threatened the baby daughter. And she says, why didn't you go to the police? Because again, that would be tangible evidence of uh, at least that she'd gone to the police. And she said, well, I didn't go to the police because I was scared. Now, she wasn't so scared that she couldn't still go to the exercise class that she was going to, but she didn't go to the police because she was scared. But of course, if you're terrified, if you're scared, if you're too scared to tell the police, how on earth are you not scared to tell 60 Minutes? Pro tip, if you tell 60 Minutes, more people are going to hear about it than if you talk to the police. So if you're just terrified, why on earth would you not go to the police, but then would talk about it on 60 Minutes? I mean, it's crazy, right? So, 
this is the person who is supposed to be credible. A porn star, somebody who's lied, somebody who took money to keep quiet and then broke the agreement, and somebody who says that she had, well, she basically had sex with a married man who had a baby at home and basically did it for reasons of ambition, of context, of hypergamy, of the cool factor. She would say that when Donald Trump would call, she'd put him on speakerphone. People like, whoa, the Donald. Again, can't you find any of these people? Can't you corroborate any of this? Are there no facts that you can pursue in this, uh, quote, reporting at all? It's crazy. It's crazy. Ah, See, you should totally believe the woman who has openly admitted that she was lying about the time that she last lied about lying. And, of course, there are pictures of Bill Clinton hanging out with porn stars and, of course, all the stuff that happened with Monica Lewinsky. And um, it's crazy. So who, who, is, who is being put forward to talk about big, important issues these days? Well, the media is promoting kids to talk about gun control, uh, porn stars to be credible witnesses, and FBI agents who were caught lying are the ones who are going to tell the most truth in the known universe. And here's the thing. So this is sort of the philosophical aspect. First of all, we need to remember that we have to start working on prevention rather than cure when it comes to these kinds of issues. The whole point, the whole development of sexual relations in the West had to do with the fact that, yes, without witnesses, it never can go well. You can say anything you want. You can't prove anything. Reputations can get destroyed. Lives can get destroyed. And it is too powerful a weapon to put in the hands of anyone, which is why, for thousands of years, the development was... You don't be alone, right? Like Mike Pence says he doesn't have dinner with women who are not his wife. People are like, oh, that's crazy. And after the Me Too, it's like, yeah, that makes uh, good sense. So it's around prevention. Just don't be in situations where you can be compromised. And this is happening now anyway. It's happening as a reaction, right? So the Me Too movement has now produced an entire generation of men who are afraid to mentor women, who are afraid to hire women, who are afraid to travel with women, who are afraid to ask women out for drinks if everyone else is going, who are afraid to be alone with a woman. There are, of course, professors who will never uh, let anyone into the office without the door open or without somebody else present. And so this avoidance of situations wherein there's no way to determine the truth or the lie of an accusation, but lies will be destroyed anyway. We're kind of getting that sexual morality back. It's, um, it's what... What was it? Uh, Murray Rothbard called it the great relearning or something like that, where he'd say, you know, in the 60s, there'd be all these hippies who would say, hey, man, let's just not wash and let's all live together and let's all sleep together. And then they'd all get like scabies and, and horrible things. It's like, oh, yeah, that's why we wash and that's why we don't all sleep together. And the same thing's happening with STDs. I mean, there's just this great relearning. Same thing's happening with national debt. Like we never learned anything from the currency debasement and open borders policies of the late Roman Empire. Anyway. There is this great relearning. And of course, the goal of philosophy is so we don't have to learn from bitter experience, but we can learn from sweet reason ahead of time. But here's my basic issue. This is what bothers me the most about all of this stuff. The inability, fundamentally, for just people to tell the truth. Look, we get it. We all get it. If you're against Donald Trump, it's because you or someone close to you is getting free stuff from the government. 
And that free stuff could be welfare, could be military-industrial complex, could be all the benefits that come if you cross the border illegally. It could be citizenship. It could be H-1B visas. It could be any number of things that the politicians sell. See, the politicians ran out of poor people in the 50s and 60s, and so they had to import and generate poor people through immigration and the welfare state in order to continue to have an underclass that they could sell the stolen goods of the rich and middle class in order to buy votes. I mean, it's, the government is in the business of giving away free stuff, and if the population as a whole becomes wealthier, they need the government to protect their property and not give them free stuff, and you can't have any of that. So you've got to keep generating poor people, and so... You do that with bad education, you do that with the welfare state, you do that with immigration uh, from third world countries. So you continue to have a dependent class of people you don't have to make any recent arguments to, you just have to dangle the infinite explodey Santa Claus of free stuff, uh, red, red also like communism. And so there's like up to half the American households are now dependent either directly or indirectly, either massively, exclusively or significantly on the government for their income. And with Donald Trump coming in, there is this fear that he's going to interrupt the flow of free stuff. We all understand that, right? There is this fear. Now, that bothers two people. That bothers people who are on the receiving end of the free stuff, and it also bothers people who are on the delivery end of free stuff because that whole tight, horrifying game that they play is being threatened. So we get it. We get it. You're afraid that the scam, the ride, the bribe, the consumption of stolen goods might come to an end. First first of all, newsflash, it's going to come to an end anyway because math, mathematics, that which mathematically cannot continue, shockingly will not continue. So you want your free stuff. Now you have to make up all of this weird sexual morality stuff. I get that. You You have to pretend that it's about sexual ethics and you have to pretend that it's about a protection of democracy and a desperate fear of Russian collusion and a concern that he's this or that or the... Like, you have to make up all these lies to cover up the basic fact that you either want to keep getting free stuff or you want to keep handing out free stuff. Right? You, we understand that. This is, this is completely clear to anybody with half a brain. And what bothers me is the fundamental twisty turniness and the fundamental falsification of that. The left does not care that Donald Trump might have had sex with a porn star over 10 years ago. They don't because they're entirely behind other people with far worse sexual histories. So there's no principle there. The principle is they hate Donald Trump because he interferes with their thirst for power. He is a white, wealthy, alpha male who treasures and values Western civilization, nationalism, borders, and is growing the economy. Again, you grow the economy, you, more people get jobs. That is a shift from people who are taking from the state to people who now want the state to protect their property rights. You understand? So he is stealing from the Democrat voting base by creating jobs. So he must be stopped. And like all pilferers and pickpockets and thieves and scam artists, they can't ever be honest about what they do. You know, the Nigerian email prince of value is not going to openly state that he wants to rip you off. He's got to pretend that he has value to offer. And this is what bothers me is this fundamental, almost, almost psychotically delusional falsification of... What's really going on? 
They want free stuff. They want to hand out free stuff. They want to continue to steal from the productive. And they can't tell the truth about any of that. So you end up in this weird, twisty, psychotic brain tunnel of manipulation, of pretend virtue. And that makes telling the truth that much more challenging. It makes lying, potentially, that much more profitable. And it means that their fundamental enemy is not Donald Trump, it's not math, it's not reality, it's not debt. Their fundamental energy, uh, enemy is people like you and I. Their fundamental enemies, not reality, but truth.